back as mentioned at the top of the program we're going to get a little help from our friends uh in this segment and one of our best pals here uh my wingman in the last couple of pledge drives is uh kdvs's own ed martin and welcome back to radio parallax ed always a pleasure doug we, you and i were talking a little bit about an item some time back that would just it's radio parallax fodder and uh and and yet it, it leaves my jaw dropping a bit to note that down in Georgia, a state you, you know very well, um, they apparently conduct their high school proms in a segregated fashion, which I thought kind of went out of style after Brown versus Board of Education. I mean, what, 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 what's the deal? Well, it has in most places. It took quite a while. You know, it was only 20 years after the Supreme Court in Brown versus Board of Education said segregated schooling was illegal, but... You know, down there, social events were held in country clubs, and when schools finally integrated 20 years after Brown, there were really not any attempt to to make it a, a process that would uh, be any easier for the kids because the parents had their backs up and the local communities were, you know, sp- split along color lines and, and um, you know, essentially what was a public school function became a private school function. Wait, wait a minute. I'm, I'm not. I'm not quite following this. What? What? How did this work in the schools? Well, they just closed the black schools. They were old. They were dilapidated. They were. They were underfunded. Okay. They were separate but equal. Okay. As, right, 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 right. Plessy versus and, Ferguson. And so right. they just. Right, right. In 1898, and so they just crammed the black kids in the white schools, and so they were intruders. Oh. And and there was nothing done at the local level to make that any easier. And so it's okay. We're canceling homecoming. Okay, we're canceling. Prom, you know, and it became a private function. Uh, wow! And so, oh yeah, and this is this is all over the South for a number of years. But I can see this in '62. But I mean, <laughs> there's been a few decades that have rolled on, rolled past since, and that's I guess still in place. The county seat of Abbeville is down on the Okmulgee River, and basically is not much of a town anymore. And everything got built in Rochelle essentially after World War II. When I went to school, off to school, many, many, many years ago, my classmates were the children of prosperous farmers in all these little county seats. And okay. that whole class has basically disappeared. And and what you've got are people that work at the prison, people that have various and sundry ways of getting by, uh, and some agricultural work, but agricultural supply, that kind of thing. But, you know, small-scale farming has essentially been wiped out in the southeast as almost everywhere else how do you hold a community together when the the economic basis has gone away depopulation you know kids move away all that and and so it's you you cling to your heritage they call it their heritage down there you know like keeping the (laughs) confederate flag on the state flag (laughs) of georgia (laughs) yeah the republican party got in bed with the flaggers about 10 a dozen years ago Keeping the uh, the Confederate flag as part of the the state flag, right? And, yeah. and because Governor Roy Barnes, um, the last Democratic governor, 
engineered a, a change in the flag that, that got the flag off of it because people were saying we're not having conventions in Atlanta because you've got the Confederate battle flag I remember that, on, yeah. the, on your state flag. Uh-huh. And so he, finessed, a very sharp trial lawyer, finessed a, a compromise, drove the, the flaggers, as they came to be called, crazy. Because, and they said, we want the flag back. And, and so a, a veterinarian, uh, Sonny Dupree, who had been a Democrat and bailed for the Republicans, ran pandering to the flaggers. Once he got in, he didn't do anything for him. He just changed the flag to something that was innocuous and got their votes anyway. I mean, that had been going on, you know, since Goldwater. I mean, the South, you know, as, as Lyndon Johnson said, went Republican when he signed the Voting Rights Act. You know, he said, we lost it for a generation, and they've, now they've lost it for, you know, nearly 50 years now. As we're talking, I'm pulling up the Georgia flag from the web and looking at it, and yeah, by they've got the historical Georgia flag, which pretty much is the stars and bars with the state motto next to it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much the Confederate flag. It's very, it's a very charged situation. Subject, I mean, uh, you know, they they um, they cling to that stuff out in the country. I mean, I was I was raised in Macon, Georgia, one of the capitals of the Lost Cause. You know, the great Lost Cause of the Confederacy. <laughs> um, and and that stuff that stuff's still alive and well in places where you don't have a lot else to cling to. But anyway, in in 2010, finally every elected state office, statewide office, became Republican, and completely consolidated their grip on the state government. Yeah. And the, the the part we're getting to, of course, is is the. the kids at Wilcox County High School said, we want to have an integrated prom. And they did, uh, two weeks after the white prom. And half the student body showed up, and everybody was happy and, and had a good time. But it's still really controversial. You read the, the uh, you know, comments to the online articles, and, and there are people saying, oh, no, 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 everybody wants to keep to themselves. Oh, no, you don't need to understand Wow, you know, and the governor and the governor stepped forward and said, "I think it's a private matter." Oh yeah, they said, "Well, governor, what do you think about this?" And the governor said, "Well, these leftists uh, are just stalking, you know, stalking horses for the Democratic Party, and we're not going to say it's good if the, anybody that's connected to the Democratic Party says it's good." Now the superintendent says, "We're, you know, this has been dumb to have this all these years. We're going to see if we can have an integrated prom next year as a school matter." And the governor of Georgia, in his august wisdom, cannot support that effort. <laughs> Holy mackerel. It's just astounding. You know, essentially they have a, an essentially racist, <laughs> an objectively racist political strategy, which is to destroy the urban centers and, well, yeah. you know, take over the ones they can. Um, and um, essentially, you know, make it a one-party state. I remember a, bump, a bumper sticker 30 years ago said, why not a Baptist state? Um, wow! Here we're going to have a one-party Republican rule, and and, the, and you know. it's so weird. In the wake of the in the wake of the Reconstruction, the wake of the Civil War, uh, uh, the Republicans came in, gave blacks uh, uh, voting rights, put them in office in some instances, and when they cut a deal in the 1876 election to kind of let the South go back to the way they wanted to run things, that was the way it was, and and the Democratic Party really was the only party in, in almost all the Confederate states. And it's so weird that a generation later we've seen a complete flip 
to where it's the Republican Party that's basically the old Confederacy. Really quite bizarre. Barry Goldwater, you know, he voted against the Civil Rights Act. Sure he did, yeah. He had had Robert Bork and William Rehnquist, really well-known names in federal judicial history, write his memos about how to say the Civil Rights Act was a bad thing and pretend it wasn't a racist decision. The people don't know that, but he that he's got a oh, very yeah. sordid past, or he had a very sordid past. Yeah. Prom night in Mississippi, Charleston, Mississippi, just a few years ago. Morgan Freeman, who had gone to the high school, said, "If y'all will have an integrated prom, I will pay for it." Yeah. Twenty years after Brown, they finally integrate the schools. They they. They close the black schools, the black kids are intruders in the white schools. They do nothing to, to lessen the tension. And, you know, this sort of thing continued for, for a number of years. But, I mean, it's, you know, this is 60 years later, and, and they still, you know, suffering the, yeah. their intransigence. I mean, I keep saying if you pick a civil war and lose it, it's really bad <laughs> for your ability to, yeah. you know, that never, get along. That never pans out. But, so, uh Maybe some of our listeners may be surprised to realize that the governor before Jimmy Carter down in Georgia was a man named Lester Maddox, whose symbol was an axe handle. He used to uh, he used to threaten patrons in his restaurant with an axe handle at the at the threat of of integration. He was going to keep his restaurant segregated. He wielded an axe handle, and this apparently made him so popular they made him governor. We can go, we can talk at excruciating length about Luster Maddox, I'll tell you. I was around. That might be some comedy relief to some of our political discussions. <laughs> Hopefully comedy relief, looking back on it uh, many decades later. When they actually came and said, you know, go, uh, Mr. Maddox, at the time, you have to integrate your restaurant, he was out front waving a pistol. <laughs> it's right, it was right on the Tech camp, Georgia Tech campus. Wow. And, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, them was the days. But... You know, we have we have pretty fascinating stuff here, but it's sort of baroque down home, you know, and you do have to kind of shake your head and marvel. But, but you know, the the students and the community realized if they were going to do this, they were going to have to bring in the national media to look and say, "You guys are dopes," and and they did, and they, so it it happened. And I like to think we'll move forward now because, you know, kids like they say we were in class together, we're friends, we're on Facebook together, you know. We, we don't have any reason not to go to dance, and we can learn to dance to each other's music, you know. I should so, think. No, no. Well, there's, there's stories all over America, but the ones in the South that go back a ways. The bumper sticker used to say, forget hell. Forget we lost hell, no. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much, Doug. All right, Ed, thanks. Thank you, sir. All right, uh, let's go with one final item, not necessarily the most upbeat item, um, but I think we should talk about anyway. piece I've been holding on to from March 16th from the Tribune Washington Bureau by Ken Delanian and Brian Bennett notes that the CIA has got its sights set on Syrian radicals. He notes the CIA is secretly targeting Islamic extremists in Syria for possible lethal drone strikes as part of a contingency plan to protect the U.S. and its allies in the event the turmoil there worsens, say U.S. officials. While the president has not authorized drone missile strikes in Syria, and reportedly none are under consideration, the CIA is assembling detailed dossiers on key militants to give the White House both lethal and non-lethal options. You need to ask the question of who is fueling this this turmoil in Syria, and I think that, um, well, 
I just have a guess to make that the CIA may have had a hand in this so far. And, of course, Israel jumped into this and launched some uh, strikes against some Syrian positions, claiming it had something to do with um, Hezbollah on the Iranians. But, doggone it, we have, uh, we have absolutely no time to get into all of that today. But, but fortunately, next week's another show, and we'll have one on a regular basis. In fact, every Thursday for at least the foreseeable future, so we'll hopefully get into it then. Our thanks to Ed Martin for joining us today. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. I'm Douglas Everett. You've been listening to Radio Parallax, a show that to date has never given you a segment on cats playing the piano on YouTube and has no plans to do so in the future, which sadly is more than I can say for some other radio programs produced locally. Thank you.